Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Are you feeling a bit animated? Well, come on over to the Wicked Anime Podcast on the Nerdy Show Network, a bi-weekly podcast dedicated to animation, Japanese culture, and all things anime. With a true industry perspective, we're always diving deeper than school uniforms and tentacle monsters. Join us on the Wicked Anime Podcast, nerdyshow.com slash wicked anime. It's Wicked A! The following episode of Flame On is presented by the Nerdy Show Network, geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geeky programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to Flame On. I'm Brian, and I'm here with PJ. Hey, what's up? Jeff. Hi. Eric. Hello. And Pat. What up? So, in case you uh, haven't really heard us before, which is always a possibility, we are a gang geeky podcast, you know, mostly gay, and pretty much all geeky, and we're going to cover the pop culture, media, things that we've consumed in the last couple of weeks. So what we do, we have fun. Sometimes we go on random tangents, and it's, it's all it's all fun and post. But yeah, we're here, and uh, we're mostly queer, so... I like explaining it to virgins. <laughs> yeah? The first, you like that first time? So, uh, as is our tradition, we're going to start with some news about the world of entertainment. And this is very interesting news, because specifically, one of the movies that we're very excited about, had a really good review, Microsoft, about a couple back in the feed, uh, has some big news. That's Black Panther. Black Panther, for those of you who have not been paying attention, is now the highest grossing superhero movie in the world. Who has not been paying attention? I don't know. Some people. Maybe. Uh, $600 million in the U.S. and a, a billion. $1 billion in the world. $1 billion. You gotta put the pinky up. You have to put the pinky up. Mm-hmm. In the theater of the mind, he totally did. Mm. Uh, in the theater of the mind, he looks like... Uh, well, what the hell's the guy's name? Doctor Evil. Doctor Evil. I was about to say Captain Evil. What? I'm like, what? Captain Evil. Captain Evil. So, um, he didn't I mean, go to six years to medical school to be called Captain. Thank you. That's nice. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think this is just more validation that if you make a good movie, it's going to do really well. If you make a good movie with good representation, it's going to do even better. <laughs> so, poor, poor wrinkle in time. Oh, 
Well, what's interesting about Wrinkle in Time is they gave the director of Wrinkle in Time, whose name escapes me, uh, it's a she, they gave her a DC uh, Fourth World movie. So I'm a little like, oh, really? Yeah. They, they appreciate her flair for uh, style and, and presentation? I Cause, guess. Because you need all those cards with Fourth World. Well, I mean, it, it helps. I'm a little nervous, I'll be honest, because I don't think Wrinkle in Time's done very well. No, but I mean, then, it's not okay. See, I don't know. I look at a lot of movies like like Ready Player One, which is going to come out this Friday, yep. uh, depending on when this launches. A this Spielberg might... movie that's rife with pop cultural references from the mostly 80s and 90s. But yeah, I would say from the 80s. With the amount of licensing that they've spent on that film to make it nostalgic and like all the different like properties that they want to reference in the film, because the book it's based on is very reference heavy for 80s nostalgia. The marketing has been like next to nothing yeah, for like, and that's never a good sign. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I mean, they we... debuted it at South by Southwest. It did amazing. I haven't heard anything bad review wise. Only bad I've heard is that it's sometimes relies too much on nostalgia, but it's still a really good movie. And yet, compared to like a Marvel movie, the marketing is is minuscule. Well, what's weird is we've every time we've been to the movies in the last six months we've seen a trailer for it right yeah. but that's at the movies right, I'm talking no, about your your social media services your youtube your places that yeah most people see advertising commonly yeah it's just not there so i don't know i don't know what to expect but uh obviously black panther which did also not get a lot of good marketing early i mean it got some but and for a marvel movie it was it was okay but yeah. it had the hype machine it, it got like regular but the hype machine was there yeah, the yeah. hype machine with black panther was strong from the jump sure yeah um, another thing in news, it's, I guess, worth mentioning, Marvel's, uh, Infinity War got moved up a whole week. Yeah. Yep. Yay. I, I never heard the reason for that. Did anybody hear the reason? Uh, it was so it had a simultaneous worldwide release. Oh, okay. Yep. So. Uh, overseas was going to come out on April 27th, 28th, whatever the new date is. Uh, they were going to have to go a full week, uh, waiting for the U.S. release. And they didn't want a chance. Spoilers. They wanted to have a unified worldwide presentation of the Cause, film. Because you know, you know, somebody somewhere is going to just fucking. Everybody is. Or if not that, Wikipedia is going to be like, we're just going to go ahead and post the plot right up here right now. They're going to be blasting it on Facebook nonstop, like internet trolls. So dies. Exactly. Yeah. I am impressed with the fact that the when they release trailers for Thor Ragnarok, they they digitally put the his eye in there yeah that's like true. even for the the early trailers for infinity war he had both of his eyes yeah uh well and there's some thing because like uh some different toy conventions have been releasing more uh, sh- uh pictures of the upcoming toys for infinity yep. war there's like a minor plot spoiler where he does have two eyes but one of them's like grayed out so like maybe he'll get a robotic eye from rocket raccoon who knows why from rocket because rocket likes to steal people's am- uh, amputated things well, that's true. <laughs> it's hilarious <laughs> He's going to wake up tomorrow, and his eye's not going to be where he thought it was. It's so funny. Or he's going to put one where there was not one. Booty eye. Um, so, we have seen some movies, but not all of us have seen some movies. So, we're going to skip over your favorite new movie releases for this week. I mean, I week. read Annihilation, and I'm interested in it. I just have to be in the mood for something like that. Yeah. Eric, you saw it. I did see it. Well, I think I think maybe maybe by the next time we meet or convene, we'll we'll have seen more movies. But I am interested in that uh, movie specific, specifically. What would you think? Um, it was beautiful to watch. Um, was, I who was the director? Director from Ex Machina did the did the Annihilation. I can't remember. His yes. name. Yeah, I believe yes. so. Yeah. And Natalie Portman, and then some other. Oh, what's his name from uh, Oscar Isaac? Yeah, Oscar Isaac. 
But although yep. it's a pretty like dominantly female, yeah, cast. The, whole yeah. Ex- the whole expedition that goes into the event, the Shimmer, the Shimmer. is a female only team, and it's set in Florida, right? Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I mean they're swamplands, but I think I'd... the book is for sure set in Florida. Yeah, the but... book is for sure set in Florida. I just can't remember specifically where. They don't really ever say in the movie. Not important. Yeah, it's not important. Would you or would you not recommend? Um, it's kind of more of an existential movie. Yep. Then it is any sort of action movie. So okay. you have to go in with that kind of mindset. So more like, uh, oh, what the heck's the other? What, The Fountain? Well, The Fountain's one, but the more recent uh, example. The translation of the aliens. Oh, The Arrival? Yeah. Oh, yeah. More like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah kind of like that. That's but my... I'd say even I like prefer the... the Arrival, though. Yeah, like The Arrival also, like with the special effects, made it pretty good for theater watching. Would you yeah. say Annihilation's a good theater movie, or would you say it's like... You could I mean, probably... because of some of the special effects, it's good, but I mean, as far as the story itself, it doesn't really matter. Okay. Well, that sounds like my favorite kind of movie, existential sci-fi, so I will see it soon. Um, all right, so let's move on. We'll, we'll, we'll talk more about uh, Tomb Raider and Pacific Rim, hopefully soon i do want to see pacific rim as well yeah i've heard some initial stuff from uh some review sites and they're like you know the only thing that pacific rim is missing is the the guillermo del toro touch did del toro not direct this i don't think so no oh, he no, executive he produced but he he basically stepped away after the first one. Oh, yep well he's off making fish romance oh and you know and you <laughs> know what i actually that occurred to me i did see a movie which we don't have to talk about but i finally saw shape of water oh you did yeah i bought it on blu-ray is it out already? Yep. Holy crap. Yep. It came out, out last Tuesday. Why am I surprised by any of this? But yeah, that's good. We should talk like about it. it later. It's really good. All right. All right. No worries. All right. So let's move on to TV. I know there's TV we've watched. Um, there's so much TV. A lot of TV. So CW, of course, is the home where all the DC superhero shows. I think we're actually a little bit behind on Legends a couple weeks. Which they um, did announce. I don't know how recent this is, but uh, the uh, Matt, uh, what's his name, the guy who plays Constantine or played Constantine, yes, will be coming back as a series regular in season four. Sweet. But did they? But did, they conf- did they pick up for season four? Yeah. Uh, well, officially, I, I, not officially, but CW has always been very giving with their shows, yeah. especially yeah. the Arrowverse shows. Yeah, I think I think they're fine. I mean, unless yeah, I think Arrow good. is still on, so yeah. I think it's good. yeah. <laughs> I think I think everybody else is safe. Um, Flash, the last we saw, there was the big, um, frozen time thing that was happening. You guys caught up? Do you care? Oh, yeah, 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 Basically, there was a nuclear bomb that went off and they kind of had to outrace the explosion. So it was like they'd frozen time and every speedster had to kind of run around and Hmm. try to like, I guess there's a trick now where he can bring people into the speed force or have them run with him. So he effectively brings them out of frozen time. Yeah, that's that's um actually that was um I can't remember if that was a Wally West thing in the books or if that was a Barry Allen thing, but definitely that is a the Flash has had the ability. It, it's kind of to explain why he doesn't snap somebody's neck when he like grabs somebody by the back of the neck and starts running. Um, that it, it's one of those weird like meta physics things that they kind of explain in the. I know they explained it in the comics like one time. And they just haven't really explained it since then. Yeah, and they don't really explain it in this very well. But like, basically, it's a kind of a cool character, kind of a character study of each character's relationship with Barry and their relative abilities. I mean, it, it was it was an interesting episode. It was different than the normal episode, and it, it didn't exactly dovetail into the um, ongoing story of the Thinker, who, if you've been following, has been body shift shifting from one body to another. Um, playing with gender and some other stuff. I, I like, hmm. I like, I like that whole uh, that whole movement from like 
his original body and he's just kind of in this souped up wheelchair. I really like that that plot device of him just kind of jumping bodies. Yeah, it's it's I've I've really enjoyed Flash this season. At first I didn't, but I think I'm I'm definitely enjoying it being different than the new, the usual. Oh, what speedster villain is it this time? And I, I definitely like it better than the last season. Um yeah, we don't watch Arrow. Do you guys watch Arrow? I, I that's on, that's completely on the back burner now. It's Netflix. Uh, uh, when I'm bored during the summer, and if I don't have anything else to watch, I'll just kind of binge it real quick. Yeah, I've heard nothing good this season, last season, yeah, previous season. I just I need something better to actually come back on. They're they're rehashing a lot of plot points. Like everybody knows he's Green Arrow. Everybody doesn't know he's Green Arrow. Everybody knows he's Green Arrow, and I'm just like, okay, I'm. He's I'm, the mayor. He's a father. He's got so many it, that irons like the in, comics, the, in the fire. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And then uh, we started Black Lightning. I started too. I but I'm f- enjoying it so far. Fell I'm current off on it. I, I liked it. I mean, yeah. I like what I've seen. I just have to get back to it. Yeah, I like that they haven't just like brought it right into the big picture with everything else. I like that it's separate and they're spending the time to kind of build its own thing. Yeah, that I think like the longer you can keep that until like whenever big event merges them, the better. Well, the supposedly show has. it's in the shared universe with Supergirl is what I read. The ah, other day. okay. Oh, but they originally said they weren't going to cross it over. So who knows? I don't know, yeah. but I am happy to exist and I enjoyed it. The only thing that took me out of it is seeing, um, uh, Kim Cattrall's boyfriend from sex in the city show up <laughs> and with that weird mustache. Uh, it, it just, well, he it, was also Dexter's dad and yeah, Dexter. No, no, no. I know he's been a lot of different things. <laughs> and, in the, in the, and he was in the freaking the warriors from the seventies. That was the first thing I ever oh, saw. Was him he in. That? Yeah. Oh my God. He was Ajax. I did Jesus. not know that. Uh, he just, he, it's one of those moments when you see an actor, you know, and he just pulls you out. The wife or ex-wife of, of the main character is from Dr. Who. Yep. So every time I see her, I'm a little like, oh, hey. but I mean, overall, it's a great show. It's got lesbians. I mean, it's good. It's fun. <laughs> it's got all the things. Right. It's got black, lesbians. It's black got lesbians. It's, it's representation. I'm, I'll take it. You know, it's got yeah. guys with lightning and then albino guys without lightning. Uh, very attractive. <laughs> um, not middle aged, but slightly older uh, African American hero. I mean, I, oh I yeah, no, he muscly. Oh with, no, with a straight up yeah, neon can, sign strapped to his chest. He can, Admittedly, he can shock it. <laughs> Any day of the week. He is a specialist with the shocker. Um, <laughs> the last episode of S.H.I.E.L.D. that we saw, and I know there have been more, um, was when they basically go back to the current time. So I we have not seen anything past that. I've, uh, I'm only one episode past that, but I am, I'm, I'm just kind of slowly meandering through some episodes. I'm about halfway through the one after that. It's... You remember, like, the most emotionally impactful episode of last season? I think it was the episode where they come out of the framework. Yes. Yeah. So, supposedly, the next two or three episodes after they get back, it's that. So, just go ahead and get your tissues and clench everything because Mm. emotionally they're going in dry. And it's – somebody said that it completely makes this this season – that it's just like it's the best writing of any other season, but at the same time they're like, but it's gonna hit you hard. Hmm. Okay, but- so ha- having a tertiary of knowledge of the show this season, so wibbly wobbly timey wimey, how the fuck did they manage to go back if the whole reason they were in the future is because they were like frozen? They weren't, weren't they frozen? No, oh no, just um Fitz, and they just unfroze him. Yeah, Fitz, Fitz took in the, the future. Long, Fitz took the long way around. Yeah, he was the Centurion, but yeah, right, taking right. him back, they went through the monolith again. Okay, yeah. so but then like when they got back, they just defrosted him, and wouldn't that undo? No, 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 no. They didn't he's still, defrost he's still him. frost. He's still frozen. Yeah, there's a there'd have to be a version of him frozen. Yeah, you're right. So yep. he's stuck, cryogenically frozen, Ooh. 
from now on? That's a good question. Because oh, yeah. otherwise, that would undo everything that that happened to get them. Yeah, yeah. Back. yeah. I don't know how, how they. How do they? Do they even you, mention that? Future fucking. Not yet, but supposedly they're actually. I think they're supposed. There's something super weird with Fitz that they're supposed to reveal, and I think the episode's called uh, "The Devil's Paradox." Oh well, or something there you like go. The Devil's Three, or the Devil's Details, or something like that. Well, the Eiffel Tower. Uh, what the Golden Rule? Uh, there are a lot of names for it. And they're supposed to. Um, they're also Satanic supposed spit roast. Yes, there you go. <laughs> they're supposed to. That's a good band name. They're supposed to also <laughs> uh, talk about. Uh, remember last season, um, the Ghost Rider went into Coulson, Ghost Rider. and there was. <laughs> There was a, uh, he apparently had to make some sort of deal. Mm-hmm. So they're oh. going to mention that. A Faustian bargain, if you will. Yes. Okay. Well, um, I'm excited to get back to S.H.I.E.L.D. I just, uh, we got to sit down and do it. Voltron uh, has come back for what? How many seasons are they up to This now? is season five. It was God. so good. I thought it, that, that there's not many more seasons left. They they kind of capped it, didn't they? Like five or maybe six and then they're done? As, as far as I know, I mean, if they, because this one was another shortened, slightly shortened one. I think mm-hmm. this one was like seven or eight like the last season um but the story it's the story is reaching it, it's moving towards some sort of conclusion climax um but the thing and I, I've, I've talked to brian about this a little bit the thing that i love about it is that the original voltron was essentially by today's standards a skeletal frame of a show where it's just like bad guy good guys Excuse to join forces and fight. Go Voltron. Like, you Sell know. action figures. And this one, they've just completely opened it up. They explain, like, Zarkon used to be a paladin. They explain, like, how Voltron was built, why it was built. Um, they explain um, who Lotor's mother is. Um, because they never really explained that in the original show. Um, and that's a big, that's kind of a big reveal, so I won't tell you who that is. But they've, um, th- there's just a whole backstory that they have built and it literally took one episode oh. of one character just kind of rehashing uh, just kind of uh, in recovery remembering things um and then also surprise one of one of the current paladins is not entirely human so hmm. that's a big uh reveal as well so it's it it and the writing has gone from kind of that like you know avatarish legend of korra silliness is still there but there's now a better equilibrium of the humor and like the drama of it i think that's what took me out of because i never got through the whole first season on netflix just because there were so many silly moments even in the midst of a serious moment yes and then what's his name from flat of the concords was oh yes uh Reese Reese Darby. Yes, Reese Darby. And it was just like, oh, God, I can't unsee you singing Leggy Blonde. (laughs) Jesus. Or talking about those those fucking fucking vampires, you know, and he's a werewolf from uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Just Uh, still need to see. Oh, my God. I I keep seeing clips of it. I need to just sit down and watch it. So good. They're making a TV show. It's so good. Of course they are. So uh, we were up in Charlotte last week for a curling tournament. And one of our new friends uh, is a fanfic writer of some renowned. Yes. What? I think her um, nom de plume is uh, uh, Melly Jelly. Yes, that's what, correct. And what, what fic does she fan? Well, I think she does a lot of them, but I know she mentioned the Voltron fic, uh, oh, shipping. Boy. Yeah. What were the What were the ships that she meant she mentioned? Do you remember? Um, you were more into was this. It, was it something like Hunk Krantz? So who would that be? That would be Keith and Lance. Okay, I can uh, see it. Who else? I don't remember. Well, there was there was the yeah. the hunk guy or what's his name? 
Well, I pr- I proposed. Oh, a you ship. proposed. Yeah. Oh, okay. Between Hulk and Shiro. Oh. But I'm okay with this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down. Well, while we're on the anime tip, you know what just uh, aired their last episode of no. their show? Dragon Ball Super. Dragon Ball Super. Yeah, so did they actually end it? Like- no, of course not. They're coming out with a movie. Oh. Okay. And then there's pretty heavy talk that they're going to do a follow-up show the next, whatever the next show is, but they're just, they ended Super. Yeah. Okay. So now's the time where I'm going to catch up. Yeah, on it, the whole series, it's absolutely. It was it was absolutely phenomenal. I heard I, that. I heard was, I heard they had a weird like side story about food at a certain point in like the 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 high seventies or eighties episode, and the animation I heard also like at the beginning because they didn't have a, a good uh, studio at their disposal. They had like they had to like kind of cut corners. A lot of the animation was like kind of like the new Berserk series. Did you see anybody see the new Berserk series that came out a few years ago? No. It was very CG reliant. Uh, yeah. And they kind of filled in the gaps that way. Uh, but I heard it got way better animation after like maybe like the hand, first handful of episodes. It happened so, with yeah. the Sailor Moon reboot too. Yeah, yeah. Crystal. Yeah. 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 It happened with Crystal. Um, it's weird because you feel like by now they'd have really good high quality animation techniques, but it's I think a matter they still of outsource a lot of it. They to do. Korea. There's yeah. certain studios will like. Do like or catch China. up, yeah. Well, there's like with My Hero Academia. Apparently, they found a way to kind of keep the animation at at the same quality, and I can't remember what it was, but they it was it was something where they they like rotate out. They like it's like a third party group, right? And they just keep rotating them out, and that way it's like you just have a contractual thing where you just pay them the same, yeah, and you just have a rotation of, of well, that artists. way you can stack production on top of each other so, so you, you never have a, a downturn in episode right. yeah because because the uh, the animation in my hero academia it's it from the first episode till the uh end of season two which season three starts back i think next April. month yeah um it's it's non-stop it hmm. there's no lag in it whatsoever I know Naruto always saved the good animators for like the better episodes <sighs> or like the more important episodes otherwise they would farm that shit up like everywhere so someone told me that Card Captor Card Captor Sakura is back. Yes, and I have not seen it, and I never finished the original. Not that I probably need to, but you know, uh, Cl- Clear Card Card Captor Sakura. That's what it's card. called. Yep. Yeah. Is it sponsored by American Express? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm. I'm excited. I just I need to find where you can watch all of it online, and because I I won't watch it until I can watch all of it. That's my issue with Dragon Ball right now. Like first search after I read the episode, the final episode, like where do I watch all of Dragon Ball Super? Uh, have a subscription to Funimation or Crunchyroll, depending on where in the world you live. Yeah, it's, I, I think it might be on Hulu. Don't double check. I checked. Uh, Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball GT are on Hulu. <laughs> no Z and no Super. <laughs> Dragon Ball's fine. Dragon Ball's okay. GT but, is, but Dragon Ball is almost hot garbage. You you could probably ask a million of the the teenage fanboys from like the early two thousands who were big Dragon Ball Z fans. None of them have gone back and watched Dragon Ball. Wow. Yeah. Just because they want to. No, there's no point. They got on on Z. Uh, there's no reason yeah. to go backwards and see Goku as a kid. I don't know. I thought that was good. I liked it. it was, you it was see cute. enough. You see enough of Dragon Ball in the flashbacks in Dragon Ball Z. That's yeah. true. You get the essentials. Piccolo used to be bad. Then he was not as bad. Then he was good. Um. Yeah. Next on the list, we have Santa Clarita Diet. Did that come back for more episodes? It yes. did. This okay. past Friday. Yeah. Uh, already most of the way through the second season. It's still really freaking funny. Yeah. Uh, Timothy Oliphant is uh, nothing like his justified character. He See, is so I, over the top and I, funny. I just want more of that character. Though. Best <laughs> thing, best <laughs> thing. There have been like guest 
appearances throughout the episodes from like drag uh from deadwood character actors oh uh, justified actors have shown up nice really uh, gerald mcraney was in the last episode we just watched oh yeah and i'm watching it at first and it didn't click and i was like oh my god it just occurred to me about season three of deadwood and how funny this scene is now <laughs> do, but, they, do um, they do a lot of inside jokes uh no no, okay. no, no, no. They they keep it to just the show, but it's just as a big fan of Deadwood, watching that and just seeing that as like as Hearst and Bullock, but in an entirely different. Like they have a tango moment where they actually, yeah, it's so gory and funny and like just just not appropriate. It would be a hard R rated show if it was on any kind of network. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's all, both seasons are on Netflix, so I'd say definitely watch it. I do want to. Um, another Netflix show that uh, we've been watching is uh, Joel McHale Show. It's really good. AKA The Soup. Oh, the, is, is it The Soup? Oh, it's yes, totally it, oh, The Soup. Oh, okay. Mankini's even in there, although now he's Man One Piece or something like that. <laughs> one, one Piece Man? No. Um, but yeah, it's ridiculous. It is totally the show. Um, but they, uh, I don't even know what they've changed. I mean, it's a new set, it's a new production. It's very cool. Netflix tongue in cheek. They have a set yeah. now? As well, much of a set as yeah. they had before. It, it's like Tasha's set. I mean, it's yeah. but the the joke they keep referencing in all the episodes. Aren't, I haven't seen the last two, but uh, the guy who directed the new Ghostbusters and also oh, directed Paul Feig. Paul Feig oh. I, was he a producer on the original suit? I don't know if he's a producer, but he showed up a lot he towards was, the end. Yeah, he was involved with it. I know because yeah. he is there in the in the studio audience making constant jokes, <laughs> in jokes, and all that stuff. Like for all it's, the episodes, it's an interesting pairing. But yeah. It, it's weird. It's I don't like, know. I need I need a, I need a palate cleanser. Show, it's a good so palate cleanser. Show. I need, I'll, and I'll it's pick weekly. That up. Like yeah. you, you only get the new episode for each week. You never, you never, can never. It's not possible to binge watch that show. Yeah. So yeah, I uh, I'm very happy it's back. Or well, it, that it exists. We did start Jessica Jones. I know people are going to ask us oh. about our review for that, but I think we're going to wait until. We've all finished Jessica Jones, uh, and then we'll probably have a micro of some kind to discuss it. Um, but so far, it's been good. My wife is moving steadily along. I haven't started that yet. If you like the first show, you'll probably like the second show. I re- I really really like this season. I I, de- I didn't expect to because it's I, it always worries me when they're supposed to do one season, and then they're like, "We're doing another," and I'm like, "But why though? Just leave it alone." So, would you have preferred if they had done like one season of each of the defenders and then done all new characters for like a second run? I would have. Actually, probably I would have. I like constantly cycle out. Uh, I mean, yeah, because I know like Doctor Voodoo at one point is is oh. he got killed off in Doctor Strange though? Yeah, he did. Spoiler, yeah. Uh, Jericho Drum was the New York uh, master of the Mystic Art, the one who oh. shows like when uh, Mads Mikkelsen shows up at the New York. Oh, I didn't yeah. realize that they'd say Jericho and like it's basically it's Jericho Drum. And then, yeah, mean, they kill him. Yeah, yeah maybe he I did. Mean, well, it's Doctor Voodoo. So maybe yeah. in this one, his brother is alive and he's the there. Dead you one. go. But um, yeah. I think what I would have preferred is not. Uh, well, I, I'm fine. They're doing more seasons because that does give you a more a chance to tell more of their story. But the pairings, like I would have liked to have seen Jessica and Luke, and Luke and Danny, and like the, <laughs> the pairings. What's, like, what's his name? Guy who plays Luke is going to get lots of money. He's like, I'm the I'm the guest star, or like the the half primary star on all of the second seasons of the show. I mean, but that'd be okay. Yeah, that. he's Rosario Dawson for this for this run of... Um, oh, and that is the... interesting. There is no Rosario Dawson so far in this series. Well, what all I really want is a Heroes for Hire miniseries. Which I think you're getting. I think yeah. that was like the second season of Luke was going to be with... Uh, what's his name from Iron Fist yeah, showing it's up? Yeah, sp- it's supposed to, be, um, supposed to be like a Heroes for Hire, like two-parter or something. Yeah. 
Well, so far it's been good. Now, other shows on other networks include Ash vs. Evil Dead, which oh. I have not been watching. I finally... So good. I binge-watched and got through all of season two. I never finished season two when yeah. it aired, and now I'm caught up, but I haven't watched season three yet, because I've been watching it on Netflix. Well, they have a new show, completely new showrunner. I guess they, they, they booted the old showrunner because the season two ratings like dipped a lot. Uh, I mean, I I think this first season was a lot clearer focus. Season two, once he got back to his hometown, kind of meandered. Yeah. Especially when it was like no clear cut. The ball, the main guy, wasn't introduced yet. And there was a plot point with his dad. And that kind of built some time on the possessed car. And then... I don't know. I, I could see that. I could see why they might want to like hit a reset button. It was it was muddled, but no, I I absolutely love the season. He has a daughter, a teenage daughter he didn't know about. Um, uh, Ruby's back. Bad Ruby's back. Oh yeah. Um, it has and, to in I, her in her like. That's Lucy. Late that's 80s. Lucy Lawless character. Yeah, no, I was thinking. I was like late eighties yeah, yeah. attire. Like it's giant it, shoulder pads. Yes, with all the shoulder pads, patent leather. Super witchy. I'm, yeah. Yeah. The whole, the whole scene, everybody, and they're actually going to mention, um, they're going to, apparently there's one or two references to Army of Darkness. I mean, oh. they flat out pointed it out in season two. Yeah. They pointed it out in season two, but like, there, there's actually some major plot points that they're, they're going to touch on. So. Oh, good. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's doing all the things. And I've, I'm only about three episodes in, but so far it's absolutely amazing. I overlooked one Netflix series that I know Pat really enjoys and I, he introduced to me. Uh, have you guys seen Nailed It? Yes. Yes. No. It's so funny. <laughs> it's it's a cooking competition between amateur bakers that's basically Pinterest fails. Nice. <laughs> well, so, isn't Nailed It a series somewhere? Is, is, it, like a, a is it a mockumentary or is it a documentary? No, no, well, no, no. It's a competition show. But so it's they, with it's based off of the the internet meme of recreating baked like treats in different styles. And then the people who just fuck it all up, and it's the whole, yep, nailed it. And it hosted by Nicole Byer. It feels very much like a YouTube series, but with the production of Netflix behind it. Hmm. And it doesn't sound like a good no, 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 point. no, no. It looks like a very well put together show that you'd see on Food Channel, but in a very irreverent way. Well, and, and Nicole Byer hosts it, who's absolutely hilarious. I love her. I feel like there's an echo in here. Does Nicole Byer host it? Okay, I'll go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> who's Nicole Byer? I don't know actually. What's she from? Do you know? She's a comedian. Well, she I has just... a. What show does she do? I know she has her own. Yeah, she has she her own, has her own exactly shows, Lucy so. Nicole. Okay, that's uh, that's the one that was on MTV, and then she was on um, oh, was it Girl Talk? Yeah. Oh, girl, yeah, girl yeah. code, girl code, girl code. That was it. I first was introduced to her on Drag Race because she was a judge oh. on All Stars. Oh wow! Totally missed her. And the, yeah, and then um, and then I was sitting home one day and just happened to turn on Netflix and I was like, what is this? And needed something to just kind of nod off to and just laugh my ass off. I mean, it's to the point where when she goes, when she and it's Jacques, French, the French, French yeah. uh, pastry uh, and chocolatier. Um, yeah. J uh, Jacques is Torres. Just Jacques. Jacques. You leave the last S off for savings. Uh, they have a you know a guest judge with them the entire time, and when they go to the different like contestants and see these marvelous recreations, 
half the time they just bust out laughing in their faces and <laughs> it gets to the point where she's like i'm sorry i didn't mean to laugh in your face but i totally did like i did it for everybody else i'm just gonna laugh in your face too and it's it's only six episodes each episode runs about 30 minutes so it's not like a long binge to go through them all mm-hmm. i feel like it's one of those where they filmed like a full 12 or 13 episodes and then only dropped half of it to kind of see how the reaction would be and then they'll probably not long down the road drop the rest of the episodes because there's the um the one guy i can't remember his name bald-headed glasses uh very very fancy frenchman that's on um like some of the other like chocolatier shows he is shown in the opening credits as a guest judge and we haven't seen that and there's a couple of different cake designs and things that they show that aren't in these first six episodes so i'm i'm excited to see when they drop more episodes from this uh, jay from uh broken lizard mm-hmm. he shows up as a guest judge oh who wants a mustache right yep yeah, okay. i do um yeah he's in it mm. although they do this weird bit where he runs off to pick up i his don't think kid. it was a bit i know <laughs> no, i think a lot of this is just they leave in all of i think it's just a rough edges mess of a show i yeah i think <laughs> that is like definitely it. the design and i'm kind of interested to know if it is a bit or not i really yeah, do because I, I really feel like that he comes was... back with coffees and makes a joke about him so it's like well yeah i don't know i don't know well i mean if you're filming a show and you have to get up and leave in the middle of it i kind of feel like you would have to bring coffee back i, be I, like, yeah, I don't know I'm just curious because it, so, it was such a weird, random thing to do that it was like, wait, what is this? I mean, the little Sylvia, the first guest judge. Oh, my the God. The old lady, when she goes amazing. and fucking steals a pan out of the pantry. <laughs> she's amazing. <laughs> she's like, I didn't know she was good, for real. Like, yeah. like, we got good equipment here. I'm going to take some of this home. Oh, my God. Actually, if you're going to steal, steal big. The one right? you got to watch is that one with Jay because it's the one where they do a Trump cake. <laughs> that, was, that was it. That was that one? Yeah. yeah that, was I, the last, that was the sixth episode ooh, of this. Oh, boy. It's it's to check the credits. Maybe he directed it. He's also pretty. He directs a lot of stuff. It wouldn't shock me if. And there's like people like affiliated with the show that I feel like have done other things that are anyway. It's you got to watch it. It's really great. Okay. Um. Real quick, did you want to mention that other show you watched that you finished just the other day? It was interesting. The end I saw. Uh. Uh. I watched. I ended up going through the entire first season of Everything Sucks. We started it. Really? Oh yeah, I watched that. If you are a if you went to high school in the mid-90s, they are, I think, one year younger than my high school oh, life. Because no. I think that... I want to say that they're freshmen in 1996. Wow. Oh, okay. no. Yeah. And it's just... That's it, pretty much bullseye. Yeah, yeah. that's right yeah. around. That's Yeah. Yeah, I was 95 so to 99. It's, it looked very dry. Is it dry? Like kind of. It is. And honestly, the first like two episodes were so nostalgia-packed that I think I was kind of like, all right, this is better or or more like I don't know. It, it's not a bad show. It's not a bad show at all. Um, and actually, towards the end, it picks up a lot. But the middle episodes were really kind of dry for me, and it was a little tough to get through. And it's more just kind of putting my head down. There were only like thirty minute episodes as well, so it's not having to sit through an hour for each episode. Um, but it is coming of age. It has, um, like the, the male lead is a young black kid. You have, um, there any other like queer representation? I couldn't tell. Yeah. I mean, the part of the whole thing is that the Luke, who is the main character, they drop you into the show 
after the first week of school. So they're freshmen and they're going to their second week. It's like they join him the- and two friends okay. are like, ah, oh, we're yeah. going into high school. And they're Yay. in the film club. The yeah, AV they, they, club. they join the AV club, yeah. Oh, I thought you got this. <laughs> I didn't watch it. <laughs> I was like, y'all, y'all. <laughs> All I want to talk about is the crazy movie they make. That was ridiculous. Oh, the music video? No, a movie. They do a film. What happened to the movie? movie? Well, you saw the whole thing. I don't want to, you know. Yeah, the principal's daughter turns out to be a lesbian. Oh, okay. And that was one of the ones that was watching the movie there? And like that? Yeah. Okay. That's the one that the black kid also develops a crush on. And gotcha. asks out with a giant gesture of making a music video. Uh, in front of the entire school. Oh, no. And there's already rumors going around that she was, but she agrees to that as to kind of counteract it because she's not ready to have that all... She's not ready to make her life a living hell. So. Shocker. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. But you but you really liked it, Pat? You didn't talk about the movie. Well, no, I want you to talk about it because you saw oh. the whole sequence. I kind of dipped in and out. No, I mean, it overall, it was good. I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting take on a coming-of-age thing. You have... Uh, more diversity, you have more people of color, you have more queer representation. And yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, it leaves off with a, not a cliffhanger. I mean, you, you expect what is going to happen because they kind of have almost a post, post-credit scene that's not a post-credit scene because credits don't happen yet. But, you know, it sets up for season two. And it's, I, I mean, I enjoyed it. By the end of it, by the end of the episodes, I was, I was in. The uh, movie we're referring to is this sci-fi it was it intergalactic lust or something Ooh. like like it's one of these that they were trying to make a really cheesy film and watching this segment felt like watching the disaster artist because it's in i think it, well so i think it's intentionally bad and low budget because that's all they could do but it had that moment of the director stepping out just he couldn't believe people weren't reacting the right way or the way he thought they should react and mm-hmm. anyway it's a cool sequence i that's the part i really watched and i was i was like oh this is neat so remind me of freaks and geeks a little bit like if you like freaks and geeks yeah yeah i, I can, can see, see this the, being... the trailer when i watched the trailer i was like oh it's freaks and geeks but like a little bit further into the 90s yeah because freaks and geeks was set in the mid 90s too i remember yeah. relating to that a lot but i watched undeclared more than i watched freaks and geeks you undeclared cho- was you chose poorly i did <laughs> i did um did anybody watch the x-files reboot i watched i think one or two of the new ones and i guess it just wrapped they actually had a finale that is shocking according to what i've read on the internet but um i i'm kind of scared because chris carter wrote it and you know how that goes i've never mm. watched an episode of x-files in my life oh shut up then <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just gonna hey if you're ever bored go back and watch the first seasons they're a hoot no actually there's a curated list you can find of good x-files that you should at some point maybe experience because it is a good show it's it's set a lot of tone for a lot of other things is that the list of episodes that actually have aliens in them? No, well, not all. Or the overarching. Who were the two? Who were the two, are, who were the two writers? Awful. Well, there were two writers that Darren went on. Morgan. They went on, did their own show with the Lone Gunman. And Vincent. And Vince Gilligan, I Vince thought, was Gilligan, also yeah. a writer. But yep. like, I don't know if those were like the main two that did the Lone Gunman show. Nah, I don't remember that either because there what? was producers that spun off and yeah. But was like, it, there a crossover with that show Millennium? Yes. Yeah, because okay. it was also it was like a, right around the X Files really catching fire. They wanted to have another show, but much more About focused. The apocalypse. And well, it started out as just like a 2000s. serial killer hunter who could kind of like it's it's the old Thomas Harris like I can feel what the killer feels. Blah blah oh. blah. Okay. But then they went like hardcore into like apocalyptic prophecies because it was coming up on the year 2000 and millennium and this 
whole. I don't know. I love that show. I love Frank Black or Lance Henriksen. Lance Henriksen. Uh, yeah. I I was yeah. I'm I, a fan, but I, have I prefer the Willennium to the Millennium. Absolutely not, Jesus sir. H. Christ. Absolutely <laughs> dare you not. What the fuck did you just say? <laughs> I think that's chop worthy. I'm okay bringing that back. I think he said he wanted to go to Miami. Yes. Yeah. Well, what would he say if I got there? What would be the first thing he said if I got to Miami? I'm just curious. <laughs> Miami is nice. No? Miami is nice. <laughs> he, would, he, he wouldn't say, Miami Bienvenidos nice. a Miami. <laughs> Oh, oh no! Um, did I? I think those are all the shows. I may have missed. I mean, there's one. tons, but like, oh, the Expanse is coming back, by the way, and that is a great show that I love. Uh, it is coming back. There've been little snippets of the third season. Season two ended great. Oh my god! I, I don't. So I've been asking friends of mine who've read the book series, like, okay, so where are they? What's going on? And kind of asking a little bit for spoilers of what, what's like, where is it going? It's so. Are they still in the middle of book two, technically, or like they passed uh, book two? I think someone said they're barely past book one. Well, because like book one ended halfway through the second season. Oh, or, yeah. But, yeah. But like, they're also bringing in stuff from later books that they just you, wanted to do earlier. You know what? It actually sounds a lot like what they did with the Magicians. Which, quick shout out, I'm loving, yeah. loving the yeah. season. I so good. need I to catch up. But like yeah no they ended the they ended the first book of the magicians in like episode four of season two and it was yeah, yeah it's, I could see that because the, the cliffhanger for season one was just like everybody's dead or almost dead see you next season yeah well I am excited about the expanse more than the magicians but uh, I I need to watch both because they're both good and what's her name uh from the guild Felicia and Day Alicia Day. Oh, uh, Felicia, Felicia, Day. Felicia Day Felicia Day she shows up like halfway through season three in the magicians yes yeah and she's great I mean she's Felicia Day but she's I like great. her I like her more because she's more morally ambiguous in this one than any other character I've ever yeah, seen her play yeah she gets typed very bubbly more, and that's why I liked her in Supernatural that's what kept me in Supernatural for the season like I was waiting for the Felicia Day episodes mm-hmm. before they killed her off, and I was like, yes. And now you're waiting for the Scooby-Doo episode. I am waiting for the Scooby-Doo episode. So, we don't normally talk about music in the show, and it's not on the list, but I must specifically call out the fact that there is a new Squirrel Nut Zippers album out. What? I heard that. Beasts of Burgundy. I think that's right. Um, What's his name didn't come back, right? Who? Uh, the guy who sang on... Uh, no. Uh, Maxwell, yeah. I think? No. Malthus. And So, this is the same lineup we saw when we went to uh, see them live around Christmas. They do like a Christmas tour. Um, man, they got a new female uh, vocalist. Oh, she didn't come back either. No, Waylon didn't come back. I forgot her the the new one's name, but I'll tell you right now, it's a great album. It's a, it's a kind of a concept album of sort of like the carnival atmosphere and dipping into the supernatural and okay. If, if, I saw it was like a voodoo styled yeah, cover, a voodoo ish. I mean, they, they okay, they definitely do touch on like New Orleans and that kind of stuff, but. Um, if you if you're a fan of Squirrel Nut Zippers, you're gonna love the album because it's a lot of the stuff that they wow. really did well. Mm-hmm. If you're like, oh, I'm tired of that, I don't want to hear that again, or you mistaken them for Big Bad Voodoo Daddy, <laughs> which is unfortunately un- not uncommon, <laughs> uh, or Zoo Suit Riot, then <laughs> no, you no, may no, or may no, not no. the Cherry the band was called cherry the Cherry Poppin', 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 Poppin, Poppin Daddy. <laughs> if you mistake them for other one hit wonders of that era. Of which Squirrel Nut Zippers is not a one-hit wonder, oh, I would posit. God. Then you may not love it as much. But I, I really suit, enjoyed it. Suit Suit Riot. Fuck off. Yeah. No, seriously, like, I, they got lumped into those other bands, but they really weren't that. But they no. sounded somewhat like it in certain small ways. And it was it was the, the, the wave they were riding to get, you know, very uh, good attention. But, I mean, they 
that musicianship like blows all of those other ones out of the water. Yeah, I'd say like, live was amazing. Because well, what our friend Jake introduced—that was where I first saw. Had you seen them before? Jake, no, Jake brought them down. Our friend Jake from uh, high school. He he, I think he gave me or lent me the first album, The yeah, Inevitables. Yeah, and from that, that was still like a good couple of years prior to like the big swing movement. Yeah. And, oh yeah, yeah, early, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, I don't associate like Big Bad Voodoo Daddy has its place with big horns, but. Squirrel Nut Zippers doesn't have a big horn. No, they no, they do. Well, it, it's it's, it's less a, of a different horn line. It's different. Yeah, yeah. But the, well, the big difference is they do more blues and southern jazz, whereas the other ones are more just swing band kind of standards. And I'd say like maybe like Squirrel Nut Zippers, at least from from the last few albums that I've heard, were like only a stone's throw away from something like a Zydeco kind of feel in a lot of ways yeah again that's that southern heritage that they kind of play off of so i don't know if you're a fan of that you gotta go check it out video games um i haven't playing a whole lot but evidently there is this thing called sea of thieves oh my god yeah i've heard nothing but i i i don't know what the gameplay is like or anything but so many people i know are playing it right now it came out on tuesday it is uh xbox's big release for the spring summer i guess i mean they don't have a lot of first party titles but it's a, a massively multiplayer online pirate sim. Uh, you had me at pirates. It's first person. Uh, you have it's, it's since it's an Xbox release or Microsoft release. When you buy one version, you get it on both the Xbox One and on the PC. Oh, and it is crossplay compatible, so nice. you're playing with each other on both systems. Uh, because of that, they have integrated Xbox controls, but also keyboard support if you want to use a keyboard and mouse. But they've also Taking the weapons so that everybody, like, there's no disadvantage for a controller player versus a a mouse and keyboard player. Oh, nice. The big thing, too, is that Rare made the game. Wow. They're still doing stuff? They're still doing stuff. Uh, Where's my new Banjo-Kazooie? It's called uh, Ukulele, and it's out on Steam. (laughs) Uh, They've done what they can, for better or for worse, to cut cut down on player toxicity potential. So In a pirate game. In, in an MMO in, in no, general. I know, I know. I'm just kidding. So, for example, everybody, no matter what level you are, no matter how far you progress in the game, everybody starts with the same items at the same power, or and that never changes. So everybody starts with a sword and a pistol. You can change that out to a shotgun or a sniper rifle. But level 25 people versus level 1 people have the same powered weapon. So you're never going to play and level up your weapons. Uh, you're going to do missions. You're going to earn gold. And all that, all that's going towards is cosmetic upgrades. Oh, so okay. you can get an eye patch, you can get a pair of pants, you can get a jacket, you can get some custom sails for your ship. Uh, but all that's going to do is give you a different look versus a different, like a more powerful anything. Uh, right now, the big complaint with the game is that it's not very deep. Mm-hmm. There's like three types of missions you can go on. You're either going and hunting for buried treasure, or you're going and killing a horde of skeleton pirates then you have to kill their captain and bring their bring the uh, captain's skull back or you have to go find some chickens or pigs on an island and bring them back to their merchants uh, okay so that's like it's it's it, it it potentially could be suffering from what i like to call the destiny one protocol or no man's sky or no there's, man's sky there's and that's the thing like the the water physics in the game are gorgeous if you play it on a high-end pc or you play it on xbox one x like the rendering is amazing and the the ship mechanics to sail are really good so they have the base level there to build off of and put out updates and more mission types and like different things you can do 
everywhere on the map when you play is PvP. There's no save point. Oh. So even if you're going to, like, you have a treasure chest and you're just bringing it back to claim your reward or, like, the skull or whatever, if you're at the person, the NPC, to turn in the stuff, you could get ganked by somebody or shot in the back <laughs> of the head. They'll steal it, and then they'll do it. Wow. There's So it's very much uh, nowhere is safe. It's a pirate game, so expect pirate shit. Uh, that being said, it's really fun, and you can do it two ways. You can do it in a group of up to, like, I think four or five people on a team. So you can have, like, a crew. Yeah, or you can do one person. You can do solo missions. Uh, but it's just this idea that, like, nowhere is safe, so you'll never see a sail off, like, the coast oh. and think, hey, I'll go start a conversation with them. Maybe they're friendly. And, like, no, chances <laughs> are anybody that interacts with you is going to kill you or try to kill you. Uh but yeah, it's great. There's kraken appearances in the ocean. Oh, they nice. could you have to battle a kraken with your with your pirate ship. Uh, the combat mechanics are fun with the pirate ships. Like they're very, I haven't heard, I haven't heard they're really similar to black sails. But like the the shooting mechanic, like wind is very important. So a sea battle is a lot of times dictated by who has the wind in their favor, oh. and you can you can aim your ship sails to catch the wind versus not. Like. Uh, it's just fun. You can explore uh, sunken shipwrecks and get treasure that way. Sharks will eat you if you're in too deep of water. Uh, you can blast yourself out of a cannon if you want to, like, <laughs> die. No. Uh, if you want to board somebody else's ship in the midst of a battle, you can shoot yourself over there and land on their ship. Uh, you can shoot yourself to an island if, like... Or you can also do, like, these fort raids where, like, the skeletons control a fort. You have to try and, and seize it. Um it's fun. It's just, like I said, like the big complaint right now because it just came out a couple days ago is that it's not, doesn't have a lot of depth. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Yet. But everybody yeah. that wants to stick around is hoping that Rare will put out meaty updates that give a lot more yeah. to the game. So yeah, that's Sea of Thieves. All right, so our other big uh, video game news was that a teaser trailer got dropped by Nintendo for Super Smash Brothers, <laughs> featuring heavily the characters from Splatoon. And I love the fact that there is almost a giant debate online as to whether or not this means new Smash Brothers or port of Smash Brothers, or potentially... A an ultimate edition, adding everything up from uh, the last main console, the DS games, and potentially some new stuff. Because obviously we're seeing Breath of the Wild Link. Yeah, I was going to say Breath of the Wild Link's there. Yeah, I mean, so for me, when you see Splatoon and you see Breath of the Wild, I'm like, okay, pretty sure we're getting something 
new. Uh, but it caused quite a stir, and I think it's about time. And it'll be it'll be great to see Smash Brothers show up on a system that is built for linking up and having like massive co-op like gameplay like other than splatoon and mario kart yeah i like, mean the, like i'm that that was one of the things i was excited about is because i actually like well because it yeah definitely and it takes yeah. it takes their previous okay bring your ds over and you know you can link up and make it a controller it makes this a bit different and a bit more portable in this sense so it's uh it's looking like it's going to be pretty fun once we get more info we'll obviously talk more about it and i'm sure i think there's two big reasons why it's probably a port it's coming out this year they said 2018 and the fact that sakurai has gone on record about the wii u game almost killing him with getting it out when it did it's like I find it hard to believe they could come up with a whole new engine that quickly where they've been putting out DLC on this Wii U and the 3DS one. So Cloud, uh, Bayonetta, Ryu from Street Fighter. Like they had a pretty good amount when the game first came out of, of new characters. Forgot about Bayonetta. Problem is, every time they came out with a new character, it was like game breaking. Like a lot of people that are do competitive play say Bayonetta is pretty broken. Like she could. Oh, no, she is. Uh, Cloud, I've heard, is almost as bad because of how easy anybody could pick him up and then whoop ass on experienced fighters. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think it would be a port. But that being said, it was a great. It's a great game to port if they did. Like it had eight man pl- uh, ta- or eight man battle, which was brand new to, to Smash at the time. That would take full advantage of the Switch capabilities with linking up and playing a whole bunch of people at once. Yeah. They need more stages for eight man play, but I mean, they, I mean, and that's where you know you could have like the Breath of the Wild stages. Jesus, I, there's yeah. like so many things they could do. Yeah. Um, and then there's also this unreleased um uh, this uh the Metroid game they have the the next Metroid Prime Prime Four. Yeah. Coming out one that, that so far they've only shown as like a logo. Yeah, just the, just the logo, so like a little snippet teaser, but um. No, yeah, it, this would it, I would like it because it's been a it's been a hot second since I've played Super Smash Brothers and Smash Port or New. I'll be happy if it sticks to this year's release date. True. All right, so before we get into comics, let's take a minute to shill for our corporate overlords. If you are enjoying Flame On, you like what we do, and you want to help support us, head on over to patreon.com forward slash nerdy show. And you can help support The Nerdy Show. You can help support any of their shows individually, including us. If you would like to earmark some of those dollars to come directly to us, make sure you put it in the notes. There is plenty of great stuff for you to experience being a patron. We're actually going to be putting some more Patreon-exclusive stuff going up uh, very soon. It may be oral going off on a 10-minute tangent (laughs) about Shangela being robbed in the (laughs) All-Stars finale. That I completely cut out of the Rucap because not unlike the RuPaul producers, did well, you cut out Shangela? <laughs> pretty much. Oh boy. Pretty much. But uh go on and be a patron. Uh patreon.com forward slash nerdy show. You can also find us online, all the social medias. We are a somewhat presence on all of them. 
whether it's big or small. I mean, most of our concentration is on Facebook and by default Twitter because we uh, get to cross post from those. So if we tweet, it goes to Facebook. If we post on Facebook, it goes to Twitter. Um, we do have some presence on Instagram, Tumblr as well. But you can go to flameonshow.com. And when you scroll to the bottom, there's a whole bunch of different chiclets. You can click on any of those and it will take you directly to your favorite social media site where you can follow us. And if you are so inclined, we would love it if you could go to wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review or a star rating, whatever is easiest for you. By doing that for our show or for any show that you enjoy, it helps new listeners find the show. And we can continue doing what we do for you. The comic book that we will be starting with is one I have no idea about. Okay. But it is a popular property. It's property. so popular that a comic shop is doing a contest to win a variant cover of one of them. Or if you pre-order, they're doing a pre-order thing where then you can like win the entire set of variant covers because this is going to be i don't read the power rangers comic book but i've read about shattered grid and the fact that it's going to incorporate every single power rangers iteration in one comic i have i have questions yes because they also launched that camera or preview like with jason david frank yeah like a live action, so whatever grid, Shattered Grid thing, if, if it also involves like a new sh- Power Rangers show, um, I I don't know who the fuck Lord Dra- Dracon, Dro- Dra- Drogon. It's I, I love that you're looking at me when you're asking. Well, yeah, right, like <laughs> Dragon Guard. Uh, well, Dragnet. He's Dragnet. Ivan Van Ooze. Ivan Van Dave, Jason David Frank. Oh yeah. Yes. But well, it's it's well. So the whole the whole thing is just kicked off because in the comic. They introduce essentially a version of Tommy that, like, before he gave that long-winded speech of, like, I'm going to join up with you guys, you know. No, he did not. He uh, murdered a couple of them and then decided, you know what, Rita's got a good idea, and proceeded to take over Earth, and then was like, eh, I'm done here. Time to go to some other timeline and fuck with them. And so you're, you're kind of in this weird... um area where he was defeated he no longer has his ranger powers uh some government agency has just kind of like tied him up to learn about the morphing grid um and he gets loose and proceeds to walk into the morphing grid to do as much damage as possible so you've seen the video that came out yes and so that's supposed to be that tommy yes that is that is lord draken that is evil that is successfully evil tommy Gotcha. Tommy is the what? What color? Green. He's and green. then and then white and then red and then polka I, dot. And Lord Draken is he still has his um, he still has his Green Ranger powers. Um, but instead of the Rangers making the White Ranger to defeat Lord Zed, they made the White Ranger to defeat Tommy. And he was like, No, no, no! I'm gonna just take this. And so he's got two coins as of right now that he uses. And he's never, generally, he's never not morphed. What do you do with the coin? Uh, that's just like your little trinket thing. That's like when, remember the show and they were like, Blue Ranger! Or they'd name their animals. Yeah. It's the coin the is coin. in the, in the little thing. The morpher, yeah. the morpher sure. concentrates the the actual, there's an actual grid, concentrates the, the grid, which the coin accesses. Like, they go into the whole science of it, which is why I'm nuts about the comic. 
But um, yeah, no, um, he knows all the specifics of how to fuck with the morphing grid. So it's it's going to be an interesting. And he's evil for what motivation? Um, just the fact that he, it's just a version of Tommy that was, that decided to side with Rita instead of, and he taught Rita how humans operate in his, in his timeline. He taught, he taught her like, no, no, you don't have to send a monster every week. Just be a politician. Oh, I did hear about that. Yeah, And it's it like that, that issue was probably fantastic because it was very much in line with the political climate now. Like she's trying she, to make America what she, you know great again. She's she's got, got some, some got good ideas about that last name. It's hard to vote vote Repulsa. You gotta <laughs> gotta change that to Roberts or something something generic. But they also never mentioned because she she did die in her timeline, but you don't know of what overthrown or just natural causes. And none of her other minions are around either in his timeline. No Goldar, no. So. Um, and then there's also a really cool side story with Finster kind of left to doing his own thing, which is infinitely more horrifying than anything Reedy could do. He just makes duplicates of people hmm. and just, he's like, maybe they'll turn into a monster. Maybe not. We'll see. And you're like, the fuck, man? <laughs> so now, Saban is pushing so hard on the on the comic book and then the potential TV show. Are they abandoning like the movie? Did that did, did that not do well? I don't know. Uh, it did not do well in the world. So market. sequel likelihood is probably nil. It's low. Okay. I, I really wanted a sequel, but yeah, no, it's low. Yeah. Well, but it sounds like you've got a lot of exciting content coming your way if you are a Power Rangers fan, which I am not. That's I mean, all right. You can I catch just, up. I, no. Yeah, That's, it's like one of the first properties I think when I was younger. And I was like, you know, I have no interest in this. I don't yeah. know why. Yeah, for me that was Rocco's Modern Life because oh. it came out after Ren Stimpy. Yeah, and nothing was going to be well, as good as Ren and Stimpy. Kind of ruin you. I'm just yeah. Yep. So uh, that's our only indie book. <laughs> We're obviously maybe not the most caught up on what's the exciting indie comics in the world, but when Oral is back, I'm sure he'll have a few good ones to recommend. Hopefully, I will too. But it's been just yeah. Uh, DC's been doing some great work, though. I want to start with uh, something that um, is very exciting, and I don't know if all of us know this. Uh, have you been paying attention to the Bendis? The, oh, no, I think i the Justice League stuff. What? What? No, what? Are you talking about the Justice League stuff? Oh, how they're doing like a whole Justice line. And well, they're doing two Justice, Justice League teams, and, and one of them has Dark, Dark Side on it. Has Dark Side on it? Yeah, they announced that yesterday. Oh, I missed that announcement. <laughs> yep. Dark, well, Dark Side's on the space team. I mean, Dark Side... It- is it baby dark side i haven't said is it like little is it gonna be like awkward teenage dark side uh no awkward teenage is uh going and doing the teen titans who uh what's his name damian wayne oh that's all right yeah um no actually that's interesting so the um no uh bendis brian michael bendis is yeah well, he's on DC now. Right, yeah. and he's doing Superman, which we haven't talked about. Right, he did say, like, he didn't come back for Batman, he came back to one to Superman. Like, I mean, he came to DC either way, but yeah, that first project that he wanted to pitch, he, there is, so did you listen to the World, World Balloon interview? No. Because uh, I guess he had some really serious health issues. That, like, I had heard that. That, like, I mean, he had, like, a staph infection on his face, and it almost killed him, and nice. all this stuff. Um, long story short, he's like, I kind of want to do Superman can I have Superman? And they're like, well, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, the deal. And like, what else have you written? I don't know about this. Who are you again? Well, but best decision they ben, ever made. Bendis was, well, no, cause Superman right now is actually really good. Yeah. Bendis was like very careful too. Cause he's like, I don't want to step on anything that people are doing, but they're like, well, it, it makes sense after the, you know, thousandth issue 
let's do something different. Let's have a new story. And they're doing it in very similar ways to when um, Man of Steel. Oh, man. what's the, Who's the writer who did Man of Steel? Back in like the 80s? Burn. Oh, yeah. John Byrne. Um, it was a very big moment in Superman sort of relaunching it for the whole thing. And what's funny is Bendis didn't really care about the shorts issue. But they're like, well, do you want the shorts or do you not want the shorts? So they're bringing the shorts back, uh, which huh. kind of, I'm sure, from, from a Morrison perspective is like, really? Come on. But from the long view that like uh, a Glenn Weldon would espouse, of course, they're bringing the shorts back. It, it, you know, all things old are going to come back in style. Right. The shorts are back in style. So, um, But what I am interested in is he's exploring some of Superman's sort of Jewish origins because Siegel and Schuster are believe both were jewish yeah and there is a certain element of that that i think bendis wants to play with and supposedly there's going to be some break the internet decision i mean he's not going to like well, i don't think he's going to kill off lois lane or anybody but he's going to do something that everyone's going to be like oh what do you do lex luther's going to possess superman yeah, is he going to get circumcised <laughs> he never got circumcised well how could you <laughs> They fashioned a Kryptonian scalpel. I That's mean, it. That's you know, the thing. I've never considered the circ- the, the 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 uncut or cut version of like the, I've never the considered process this. needed to. No, no, the process I've thought about because the whole shaving thing. Yeah, yeah. But you know that mullet. Superman is an an, an intactivist. Mm. <laughs> Maybe that's what he's gonna do. Uh, anyway, I'm very excited because I mean I love Bendis. He's a good writer, and I love Superman. Again, though, it's really good right now, so I'm kind of like, all right, well, we'll see how it goes. But yeah. he is also be respectful of what's happened in the past. I mean, he talked about all this on the word balloon interview. Um, but yeah, so DC is doing some cool stuff. Uh, specifically right now, um, Tom King, uh, who is writing like their two best books, I think. Um, Mr. Miracle, which we've talked about, Ad Nauseum, and I won't spend a lot of time on other than to say every issue they've put out is amazing. The last one, I think, have you read any of this? No. You really need to read this. I have not read comic books. I know, but this is one quite a long time. You're gonna, you're gonna relate. You're gonna. Re- it's gonna resonate well with you. You need to read. The this fuck book. does that mean? It's got like that. I don't want to say more than. Well, it's, it deals with childbirth. At least this last he issue. Get somebody pregnant. Fatherhood. I mean, it, it deals with. <laughs> relationships like you you're you're gonna like is that it. like my defining trait now that <laughs> you, i you are a daddy. i have a child i yes. like the, i like I, mean, the, I like this like you know most people assume like oh you're gay you must you must like share and like you're a straight dude you like making babies you like, like kids no, right? here's a baby or like this will really identify with you like <laughs> what did i have an older gay brother who left for college when which part of identifies with me are you referring to <laughs> oh you got a kid Oh, the newest thing. Okay. All right. I, I want you to read this. That's what I'm saying. Okay. All right. I'll I get will. it for you when it comes out on trade if you don't uh, read it by then. I mean, I just have access to your comicsology. Just put it on there. Uh, I, they don't do digital now. It's weird. <gasps> DC has been weird about the digital thing. I thought they were going to come out and like, everything's going to have a digital code. No, not everything. There's so been a weird. Wait, that's actually happened? Like, they're trying to like push back against digital? They just have never done a very consistent job with digital. They had a few. I have like a, a smattering of comicsology, you know, from the bonus code, but uh-huh. not a lot. So it's weird. Uh, but yeah, the, the latest issue, basically, Big Barda has a child with uh, Scott. Okay. And the whole thing is like, in the waiting room and, you know, Baby. dealing with some of the Furies sitting in the waiting room. And, like, it's, it's no, it's really good. I mean, this comic is probably, like I said, the best thing DC is doing. And it's so not like anything else that you've read or seen in DC. That makes it even more special to me. And with the fourth go- fourth world gods, new gods stuff. It's just, I'll, it's crazy. I'll read it. You should read it. I'll read it. <laughs> um, the other book that he's doing is Batman. And that's certainly a little more traditional superhero. 
But what he's doing with Batman is this thing that I know is pissing off a lot of people and making a lot of people happy, where he's basically going to get married to Catwoman. Oh, they're still pursuing that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the way he's, I guess he was talking, again, on Word Balloon, like, he has like a hundred issue commitment. He has some insanely long, which basically now is like a couple weeks, you know? Cause they, right. That was one of the cutest, the, one of the cutest issues is where they, they went on a double date. Yes. With, with, with uh, uh, Superman and Lois. And I was like, I could... I could watch this. I could watch this as a movie. Like it was very good. Just them off doing their thing, and they're just sitting there, like, okay, well, we'll be back in a minute. Like, the uh, most recent arc has Poison Ivy taking over the entire planet through her plant powers. Okay, and for ostensibly a good reason, because she's like sick of people fucking it up, so she's trying to like just keep the world healthy and keep people not killing each other. But Batman and uh, Catwoman are immune to it because Batman obviously has some kind of a thing. And, you know, the key to disrupt this plan is to get, um, po- um, what's her name? Crazy. Uh, Harley. Harley, uh, free of, of her influence. And because they're, of their relationship, Aww. she can kind of, you know, work it out. So it was really uh. good. It was really sweet. And it, it ended in a way that I just, I didn't necessarily think would be the way they'd end it. Was because it the, it's not was punching. It, was it the power of love? Kind of. Yeah. Uh, but no, Huey, it's, it's was, not saccharine, though. With Huey Lewis? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, and the news? that's how it ended with i the... would accept that i will always accept with the those power horn hits. with you with huey lewis and then a freeze frame which makes sense because mm-hmm. comic book um <laughs> otherwise i haven't been digging too deep into other dc books i know they're doing a bunch of stuff with justice we're in between issues of the Watchmen uh doomsday is, clock is that still interesting it was actually uh, the last issue they they're they're muddling more in the dc world with these characters and they're also bringing characters back from the dead, too. Oh, good. Is Rorschach back yet? Nope. Uh, but you know who now the new Rorschach is? Oh. He's the newspaper sales guy. The what? one that would sell the... And would read in the pirate adventures? Yeah. Yeah, that's him. Oh, okay. Because huh. some time has passed, so he's a little older, but yeah. Um, but no, it's 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 really good, and I'm okay that it's taking a little longer, but it's kind of also like... Yeah. And then Metal got delayed, too, because that thing is just batshit. Mm. Like, it's just crazy. I don't know if we talked about the Wild Hunt. I know, actually, I think last time, Oral, we did, like, this whole comic book thing. He was excited for me to read the Wild Hunt, because it actually picks up on some of the threads from Multiversity and Final Crisis. Oh. The Ultima Thule, and music is the heart of the universe, and all this stuff. So, they do pick up on a little bit of that, and kind of carry that through, and Again, you think, oh, they're they're making it better. They're they're trying to fix this, and it just goes to shit. Mm-hmm. So, like, I love that even though this is like the last second, last issue, you still think everything's just going to be terrible and, and badly. So they've done a really good job of like not, you know, oh nope, the heroes are going to win, and then here's the denouement. It's like very much up to the last issue. Well, and then to like figure it out. Their whole thing with Justice League and like the dark Justice League dark part, they've already kind of tipped their hat a little bit about like the consequences of metal. Well, the Terrifics yeah. is basically post-metal and dealing with the dark universe and all this other stuff so, well, like, or multiverse they mentioned something about like you know the and it's kind of very much magicians level where it's like uh the creators of magic are so pissed at how it's been used that they're going to come back and get rid of it or take it back oh. yep so, well, there you go yeah um so yeah dc's been interesting marvel i have been reading very little of marvel lately just because i just I read a lot when I travel, and even though I've been traveling, I just haven't always kept up. But Pat is going to talk about some of the X-Men stuff that's been going on, because he's a lot more up to speed than I am. Uh, Astonishing is still really good. They're dealing with the fallout of Xavier coming back and taking Phantom X's place in this universe. Proteus uh, is on a mad quest right now. 
the big reveals out of the most recent issue is the fact that Proteus, when he was killed back in like 1970, whatever, was only 10 years old. So the X-Men basically murdered a child. Oh, yeah. Uh, even though he had basically inhabited his physical form looked to be of an older of you know an adult he was only 10 at the time uh he basically started to psychically merge um and physically merge xavier and psylocke or x and psylocke uh so warren had to kind of help save psylocke because proteus's weakness is metal his metal wings you know was able to kind of get her out and then uh, old man Logan figured, oh, okay, well, I can do the same thing for X. He took Phantom X's body. I can just stab straight through him. Yeah, X doesn't have Phantom X's body. He just used Phantom X's body to craft this new body. So he almost killed Xavier again, which was <laughs> delightful. <laughs> uh, and then uh, he's, Proteus has now taken over... Basically taking over a town in Scotland, I believe. Where Moira's research thing is, maybe? Kind of in that area? Uh, Not Muir Island, but, you know, maybe off the coast. Yeah, basically takes over this village and gives them the speech about how basically everything exists at all times. It's whether or not it's currently being used. It's almost like your toys. So at this point in time, if you want this thing, he can take it out of storage and make it real and if he doesn't want it he can put it away so basically they can have whatever they want which give a town of people whatever they want and they just start killing each other (laughs) sounds about right the purge yeah needful things (laughs) so that's astonishing x-men red is uh still fantastic issue two came out uh we focus on trinary this time around we get introduced to her um what she's done and the fact that she basically hacked the bank account of uh not so great people and redistributed that wealth to where it should go and gene and nightcrawler and uh their team have to go save her and it's just it's a it didn't really play off of the big reveal at the end of the first issue where we find out that cassandra nova's back but it's progressing the story nicely. It'll be good to see where this goes. And blue and gold are still there. Yeah, gold. The girls are in jail. Blue. <laughs> blue actually is going to start to take a turn for the more interesting because they've shipped the kids off into space with Poison X. And oh, yeah. now we have a couple issues without them. And this most recent one is the prelude to this new arc, which is called Cry Havoc. And. Emma and Havoc are working with Miss Sinister, Bastion, and Sebastian Shaw. Oh, Sebastian Shaw. Are you guys still kicking around? Yeah. I mean, yeah, why not? I forget. I think there's somebody else in there, like in the, the main plotting of that. Basically, Bastion wants Miss Sinister's mother vine to take effect because it will then restart the mutant population. Because this is where all these secondary mutations came from. Um, Like, Emma's diamond form is all from this mother vine. So, Emma and Havoc are apparently 
plotting to double cross, but Magneto and Polaris are and these new mutants from uh Madripoor are trying to stop them. So Magneto goes to find the the Hellfire Club in London because you know they, they sent masks, you know the the old foot soldiers out. The Hellions, yeah. Uh, no, weren't that, that was. That was Emma's team. Yeah, that was oh, the, yeah, the was young. Team. Those were Emma's new mutants. The, that that was got the, the Hellfire grunts. I always confuse the Hellfire stuff. No, just those little foot soldiers, um, like mannequin face things. Yeah, and oh, yeah. Magneto comes across Shaw and finds out that Shaw's secondary mutation is that he doesn't have to be hit to take the kinetic energy. He can just pull it out of the air. So that battle is going to start, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because the big reveal at the end is that they find the Polaris is given this amulet or this necklace that was found in Jean's room and it has malice in it. Oh. So Polaris is now malice again. Oh. So everything old is new again. Seriously. <laughs> Retread city is all I'm hearing, but if it's only okay. if Sh- only if Shinobi Shaw shows up at some point. <laughs> um what about the uh, Thor? The is it just the regular Thor? No, it's the Mighty Thor. Mighty Thor. Uh, Mighty Thor seven hundred five came out. We are reaching the uh, it's the penultimate issue of Jason Aaron's years long storyline of Jane Foster as Thor, where she battles the Mangog. The Mangog, and uh, kicks its ass. Sounds filthy. <laughs> At the the last issue, last couple of issues, she was told that if she transforms into Thor again, that basically she's just signing her own death warrant because every time she transforms into Thor, all the chemotherapy and treatments that they are doing for her cancer not only are completely negated, but it advances her cancer even more. Yeah. So Dr. Stephen Strange, veterinarian, um, is tending <laughs> to her in the hospital because this is before he becomes Sorcerer Supreme again. And um, tells her that if she transforms again, she's done. That she's she can either she either has to stay Thor forever or she dies. And um, she turned Mjolnir away for I think an entire issue. Mjolnir just kind of sat outside the window, Sad floating, just just looking at her like, "Hey, Aww. I'm here." And then she uh, overhears the uh, Shield agent, who's not a Shield agent anymore. Um, I want to call her Roz, but I can't. I can't it remember is. her. It's Roz. Is it Roz? It's Roz. Yeah. Uh, who's now who took her place as the senator in uh, oh. in Asgard? Yeah. She overhears. Uh, oh, not even I, that or um, what's the dog? Oh, bat. Oh no. No. Um, lo- oh god, Thori. Thorgi. Thori. No, it's not Thorgi. Oh, it's Thori. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Loki's old hell dog or whatever. Oh. Uh, she overhears. She overhears the fact that like. Asgard is being decimated. And then at the end of the last issue, she takes Mjolnir and transforms again. And this time around is basically it's this last final battle. She tells um Freya to get everybody anybody that's still left on Asgard Asgardia. Asgardia uh and get them you know to safety because Mangog has hurtled Asgardia into the sun or towards the sun. And then uh she ends up wrapping the chains that were to bind um was it was it not Cerberus uh 
the dog, or the, the wolf, Fenris. 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 Oh, yeah, sorry. She takes the chains that are meant to bind Fenris and binds, wraps them around Mangog, and then takes Mjolnir and attaches it and basically hurdles him into the sun with Mjolnir bound, and which means that she starts to, her Thor garb starts to disintegrate. It's the one time we actually see Thor without a helmet on. Yeah, beautiful hair. And uh, <laughs> Dowderman did a great job with oh, it. Dowderman's yeah. such yeah, a I mean, beast. All of the art in, oh, in that so Dowderman's done has been amazing. Um, but yeah, basically, it's yeah, Thor's like, I don't know what to say. And she says, you know, you say goodbye. Oh, o- o- and, Odin's son Thor's there as well. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. have a lovely moment. It's Yeah, they say goodbye. And basically, the next issue's got her it's on the cover. The conclusion. It's, yeah. you know, it's the end of the run. Dead. Like, but that that scene where they kissed like it was the close up or it was a it was a tighter shot of them kissing as Odinson and Thor and then it pulls back in the next panel and it's Thor and Jane or Odinson and Jane and then it's just you know then the next time you see him he's just holding the lifeless body of Jane Foster Aww. and it was like it's been a it's been an amazing journey. I yeah. I never thought I would really enjoy a Thor book and Jason Aaron. His story has been amazing for this entire run, and Dowderman's art has been fantastic to to read. So to read the story with that art has been fantastic. All right. If, so when does Donald Blake show back up? Yeah, they they addressed Ever, Donald Blake a while ago. Yeah, but it's Straczynski's it, run. It was like yeah, basically and I think later like, too, just totally separate now. Well, and like. Like Blake was like just the idea that Thor didn't really need Blake anymore, but basically, yeah, yeah. But still, it was like it was what, weird. You kind of rehashed that when you did the Jane Foster or Thor. And... Well, they did, but it from a different perspective, right? You know? But yeah, but yeah, a little bit. So. so then, so what we're saying is, by the next run, they're gonna craft a new hammer and they're gonna give it to Jane, who will be back to life, and they'll call her Thunderstrike. Uh, well, it wouldn't shock me if they don't absolutely kill Jane, like it they put her in a thing. But it wouldn't shock you. It's a callback to uh Oh. Uh, wow. Or the fact that it's the god of thunder. <laughs> oh, very But also like I noticed like when when the Jane Thor took over, it was the it was the Thor helmet from or a very similar design to when it was the Eric Masterson Thor. It was the bit. with the visor attached yeah. and yeah. and, um, and all that and They've not shown anything with her in any form, but they have shown in the previews for the new Avengers book which Jason Aaron is writing. Uh, Thor back as the Odin son back as Thor with a golden Mjolnir. Ooh, so yeah, either Mjolnir is done. Well, basically, it's it, either it's done or transforms into that. I don't know which. I feel like they're gonna because I mean I I think not just that it's a gold hammer, but he also has a gold arm. True. So I think it's gonna be a matter of just I, I think somehow some way shape or form that Mjolnir is kind of. Man. It signifies the end of the closing of a chapter. It could be, yeah. Because yeah. they definitely made this Mjolnir like sort of uh, sentient and sort of self-aware in certain um, ways. It and... turned into Jane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it became a person. It's done like... some crazy yeah. shit. Yeah. Huh. So no, uh, Jason Aaron's Thor run is going to be epic. I mean, it is epic. It's going to be one of those that for years and years and years, sitting alongside like Simonson and um, maybe uh, uh, Straczynski as well. wasn't long enough. No, and it, I mean, it was good, and in a lot of ways it was really good. And Matt Fraction's run I still like a lot. So, But yeah. I mean, this has truly been one of the best Thor runs. And it's ending in that I think someone else is going to pick up the Thor book, whatever they do. But, I mean, Jason Aaron's still going to be writing Thor and Avengers. So. Right, yeah. Um, any other Marvel stuff? Oh, oh, and um, Lockjaw. 
Lockjaw. <laughs> I wanted this book because it's a book about Lockjaw. And I, while I do not like the art, I'll just even say I, just, I really don't like the art. For the most part, when Lockjaw doesn't look like a bulldog of any type, but more like a brown blob with a mustache, it's really awkward. And it starts off very much um, as a very kind of campy adventure and just Lockjaw popping around and Medusa going, I wonder where he goes when he disappears. And it, it's very just kind of whatever. And then they introduce D-Man into the story. And I was not prepared for a study in deep depression. <laughs> it is intense honestly like it's if you haven't read lockjaw number one go read it it's absolutely kind of ridiculous how good the the story is in d-man's part and i mean lockjaw doesn't talk so it's you know it's more action for him and i think the conceit of this over the four issues or five issues whichever it is is that he's looking for his brothers and sisters. And we found one. One is left on Earth and is just this adorable little tubby bulldog what? that uh, D-Man's neighbor, it was, the, the dog was left on her doorstep. And uh, it's his 30th birthday because literally 30 years ago, this dog was left there. And um, she is that kooky old woman neighbor who is somewhat words of wisdom and other times a little bit racist or homophobic uh, <laughs> and d-man is gay we all know that right i did not know that but yeah. no i didn't, I didn't know yeah that d-man either. is gay he's gay he's bearish he, he, he's i knew the bearish thing because you know look at him yeah wow. he's 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 more muscle bear he's definitely got that that look to him um and uh he and his husband have split and he is in a he has no powers he is in a deep depression and like he was the answer to a question on jeopardy was he really on in this comic he oh, was okay. he's watching the show and he's eating cereal and the, he's the answer to the to the question and literally all three contestants are just dead silent oh and uh, alex Trebek is like nobody wants to give it a guess and he starts, like, he's screaming, like, you know, D-Man, with, like, the cereal in his mouth, and then he eventually punches the TV. Oh. Do we all know about why he's called D-Man? I didn't realize this. I have no idea. Was that short for Demolition? D-Man. Yes, he was Demolition uh, Man yeah. when he was introduced, and then the movie was around, I think, the same time, so they had to, yeah. yeah. Shorten it to D-Man, otherwise yeah. they're gonna get sued? I didn't know that. Uh, what's his name at the comic shop told me about it? Well, his costume was very, um, like, you're Wolverine? You have a headpiece like Wolverine? <laughs> and you have a D on your chest like Daredevil? What? What? Yeah. What are you? And then he was kicked out of the Avengers, and nobody really shed a tear. Yeah. But he, uh, his sister comes to collect him at the hospital, and basically she makes a comment of, "We were always kind of worried you would do something like this." And he's like, "What? Punched at my TV? Oh, oh well, screw you." And then like it's just it's there's I I showed Eric just one screen grab of one panel. And it's uh, it was pretty deep. And- <laughs> <laughs> it's 
it's something along the lines of I just wanted unconditional love, but without having to work on any of my faults. And I was like, oh, oh, I, I, I came here for a lighthearted story about a teleporting bulldog. <laughs> oh no! And I'm staying for the depression. <laughs> Book dropping truth oh. on you. <laughs> but if you and well, first issue was an, it was amazing. Uh, by the time this airs, issue two should be out. Uh, so if you haven't checked it out, check it out. This next issue, we go to the Savage Land and Kazar and the Saber Two Tiger are Aww. there. So very nice. If you have comics that you think we're missing out on, especially indie books, which obviously we are, um, please let us know on Facebook, Twitter, all the af- aforementioned social media links. And don't forget to please la- rate and review us. I know we are switching platforms. We've moved around. Hopefully you're still listening and you found us somewhere else. But, uh, you know, it helps us get our visibility if you do rate and review us on iTunes and the other social media uh, places you can rate and review us. Um, Tell us how much you love us. You just have to give us a little, or, some love, or how much you hate us. Whichever is you're listening, just tell us. We do have one more segment, our one ups for the week. Uh, this is our chance to talk about what is giving us life. Uh, I usually save myself for the end, but that's only because I don't know what the hell I want to talk about. You've but this week I do. Yourself. Wow! Oh wow! Oh um, wow! I will go first. I want to talk about a podcast that I was introduced to very recently. Some of you have probably heard of this. It is called The Black Tapes. Yes. No one's heard of it except Eric, nope. who I yes. forced to listen to it <laughs> on our drive to and from Charlotte. Uh, think X-Files and Serial, if they had a uh, – the Serial podcast, I should say. I actually had a podcast like that oh. recently or like the last couple of years. Yeah? Similar, but they they only had one season. What's it called? Ended. I don't remember. I got to check. But it well, was the same vein. So the Black Tapes is ostensibly this uh, serial type investigation into the paranormal activities that come from this uh, series of black tapes, and uh, they're collected by this enigmatic researcher named uh, Richard Strand, and it's basically two and a half seasons of of episodes, and for most of that time, it gets really interesting and deep very quickly into some stuff that I've been interested in, um, sort of the numerology and the uh sort of religious elements and uh pythagoras and sacred geometry and like it goes kind of deep and crazy but i will say that by the end um the writers decided to make a choice that ends the show kind of suddenly and uh, there has been nothing since and this ended like late last year so huh. supposedly there is at least some idea that they may be coming back for more uh, but if you look up Black Tapes, there's still a good, I don't know, 30-some-odd episodes that you can check out and are really good uh, if you like that kind of thing. And uh, that's sounds, my one-up. Sounds exactly like what happened with mine, where they just kind of ended it. Well, I mean, wah, and there's wah. speculation yeah. as to why. And they, they're the same the production group does this show called Tannis that's still going, and I think some other shows that are interesting. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'll definitely just put that out there that it's going to be frustrating if you don't like let's just say, certain types of endings. Uh, you may be frustrated, but, you know, it's a good journey. No matter what, it's a good journey. That's my one-up. BJ? Um, actually, funny enough, I never thought I would have this as a one-up. Um, I'm going to say me. I have been traveling a lot lately. Um, I went to my grandparents' 60th anniversary, and although I sat inside in the dark setting up my grandmother's computer stuff, um, it was still really nice to be there. Um, I went to my friend Chris and Eric's uh, wedding in L.A. It was my first time in L.A. Um, 
I found my apparently my style is death and decay because I found a store called Necromance that um has like jewelry and stuff made from animals. Um yeah, I've uh, I've a bracelet that's uh, made out of boa constrictor vertebra, and it is my favorite fashion accessory I've probably ever owned. A little creepy, yeah, a little creepy, but it won't break me out in a rash because I have a nickel allergy. So if I can't if I can't wear anything made out of metal, I will wear things made out of dead things. Um, and uh, yeah, no, so it's just been it's been a really good past two months. Just been a lot of traveling and a lot of hanging out with uh, some really good friends. All right, Jeff. Well, since I didn't talk about it during movies, I'll talk about it now. The Shape of Water. Uh, I'll make that my one-up this this time. Uh, so I got Best Picture and Best Director, and I had to see, because I was already a Guillermo fan, like, what possibly could he have done that was so widely accepted as being, like, award-winning and everything? Because he's always got, like, one foot in the what-the-fuck. A little bit. And this yeah. movie is definitely in that vein, but it also makes itself very universal. With unrequited love and uh, star-crossed lovers, uh, very much uh, a a movie that's both classic in like the presentation and kind of like you know the design, the sets, but also could be could be yesterday, you know, could be tomorrow, it could be very much any time, you know, just by the way of everything is being portrayed, and it's it was really touching. And I'm still amazed that that movie came out of him because it seems very much like he had like halfway through the movie. I'm like, this is like he came up with this amazing idea for Abe Sapien in the Hellboy series. Oh, my God. It totally is. Yeah. But he couldn't do it. Yeah. Like (laughs) contractually, legally, he just couldn't do it. But it it totally is in so many ways. Like if you want that to be your headcanon, it works. Yeah. So, but it's great. Uh, If you haven't seen it, definitely go see it, especially if you're a Gamble fan. That's why I was okay with buying it, because I I love his work, so I was going to want to own it no matter what. Yeah, and I'll definitely buy it at some point. Um, I agree. And I think we we talked about it. It's it's beautiful. Yes, it is. Deservedly one. And that's my one-up. Yes, Eric. So, my one-up is going to be the ultimate crossover event of the year, which is the new season of The Voice. Oh, Jesus. Starring Kelly Clarkson, the original (laughs) American Idol. Which they have gone so far out of their way to never mention the words American or Idol on this show. Even though consistently, when she's trying to get people to join her team, she's like, I've won a competition show just like this. All the time. But (laughs) it's fun. I love her. She rambles on and on and on, and it's fantastic. And some good singing has come out of it so far. The rambling. Come for the rambling. Stay for the singing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, Pat. To quickly touch on yours, uh, another podcast in the similar vein is uh, A Very Fatal Murder. It is the Onion podcast that is a parody satire of serial and shows of the nature of uh, making a murderer and, and stuff like that where you are... All of a sudden, this big, you know, I know more about forensics than forensic sciences do. And, like, Netflix released American Vandal, which is a uh, a visual satire of that type of thing. This is the podcast equivalent. And uh, it's only six, I think technically seven episodes long. 
because there's one yeah oh wow one episode is i think part is um episode five part one and episode five part two but it's only about an hour and 15 minutes total it's uh pretty damn hysterical at one point this guy is the host uh goes to the town where this girl is murdered and is sitting and talking with the parents and they're (laughs) the mother is crying and he asks her to read a commercial spot (laughs) and he's he's like hello fresh it well none of these are real but they're very much in that same vein of like the hello fresh and the square space and i like one is like boxes it just it's it's oh, weird. Is that a Squarespace? It's no, but it's like literally like if you were going to the container store. Oh. Um and he, I think there like there's one comment he says to her about like, oh no, I he's like, keep crying. The your sniffles are coming through great on the audio. Like it's just it's ridiculous and it's it's really funny. But what is giving me life, um, I could have swore I had something else until t- this morning. When I read an article that said Target is selling this little computer gadget that lets you play the Oregon Trail <laughs> for twenty five bucks, <laughs> and over the course of uh, six hours, I went from reading that article and posting it on Facebook to going to the Target website to seeing that the one near us had it available for same day pickup, which means it is available in stock in the store. To going down and driving there and purchasing it for twenty four ninety nine plus tax and bringing it home. Hooray. It's pretty damn awesome. It is a tiny little screen, but still big enough <laughs> for you to enjoy it. It has all the hunting, fording the river, and dying of dysentery that you could expect. And it really, it's not like the ports, it's not like... I mean, it really transports you. If you are of a certain age and you remember going to a computer lab class and putting that floppy disk in and playing the Oregon Trail. Oh, God. I miss the Apple IIe computers. Aww. The best part is that the power button is the little floppy drive. Aww. So, for 25 bucks, if you are very nostalgic for the Oregon Trail, go buy it. Um, That nice. is... It, I believe, for this week. If you missed out on any of our drag race coverage, you don't have to go very far. Just go backwards and forwards in the feed, and you'll get all the RuPaul, Drag Race, All-Stars, and Season 10 coverage you can hope for. Although with Season 10, just so we're all, all, we all know, uh, we're not doing weekly recaps. We'll be doing a, a, a recap or a first episode sort of recap, and then we'll we'll talk about it in our main show. So if you're a Drag Race fan and you're like, what is all this geeky crap? Don't worry, we'll, we'll, it'll be here too. You just have to wade through the uh, the rest of the stuff. But um, that's all we got. So uh, thank you for listening, and don't forget to go rate and review us on iTunes and anywhere else you can. Tell a friend, share that flame on love with all of your friends to steal other podcasts' little uh, exit lines, and uh, we'll see you uh, soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.